so this is uh, episode 10 of Music and More and um, continuing the theme of having other band members on which has been brilliant I've loved it Pete's loved it and you guys have all really enjoyed it as well um, so last but by no means least we have uh, Robert Harvey on this week which we're absolutely thrilled about I know Pete's really excited about um, then the evidence of that is from the numerous messages on Twitter I've had today do you know what I mean in anticipation so so here we are anyway um, so thank you very much for giving up your time and coming on Robert for a start now, thank you. Um, and, you know, thanks for having me. I think what you guys are doing together is amazing. And I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. So um, I might, I've, I've realised that I never actually say hello to you at the start, Pete. So hello, Pete. How are you doing this week? Oh, hi. Nice. Nice to be acknowledged. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm just used to being fanboyed out first, and then he says hi. Well, you know, you, you do that to yourself, mate. You know what I mean? I don't need to help <laughs> you in that respect at all. But yeah, so obviously, um, you know, it's it's great to have Rob on, and Pete is really excited. So as usual, as I've said before, we're just going to kick it off and, you know, let Pete's natural enthusiasm and giddiness sort of guide us where we need to go. So away you go, Pete. Boy, oh boy. What what an intro. Now, yeah, let's start. Now, <laughs> it's natural giddiness. Okay, let's see what I can do with that. Hey, Rob, nice to meet you, man. And you, man. Yeah, so, man, yeah, been been a fan for a while. Really like what you've been doing. Uh, yeah, been following you for a while. Lots, I mean, obviously, all the way back to the first album, which was huge for me, even though I was in Florida, and it just seemed like it wasn't as big there than it was in the UK and in Japan and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but still really good. And, um, yeah, all the way till to now, man, you're doing some really cool stuff. So I'd love to, if we could, spend some time talking about the old days, spend oh. some time talking about what you did post the music, and then, man, wrap around and talk about Temple Newsom and stuff like that. What do you think? Um, game sounds amazing. Sweet. Yeah, man. I, you know, I like to talk about early days as well. Do you know what I mean? Because that's some of my fondest memories. Do you know what I mean? Like sort of were us walking around village before we'd even really done anything. Do you know what I mean? Just sort of walking around village talking about what we were going to do. Um, they're always really important memories for me. And, you know, like I think Stereophonics were big at the time, weren't they? And we were, mm-hmm. you know, them albums were coming out and we were we were doing stuff and thinking, well, you know, we're going to be better than them. And just, I don't know, you know, just what are your memories from them early days? Whatever you can remember anyway, because I know your memories, um, not, <laughs> not as good as even pills, but you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And there's definitely a patch where it kind of, <laughs> I kind of black out, but, um, I remember those kind of 14, 15 year old times. Um, I remember me and you taking those long strolls. We used to, we used to walk down the road, the middle of the road for as long as we could before a car came to see if we could get to the bottom of the road. Um, and I guess what, what brought, I think, especially me and Adam close, I don't want to speak for him, but the thing I, I connected with Adam is that I think we both kind of felt like we didn't connect to everything else that was going on for people our age at the time. And it was something, it was something that mattered to me. And, um, I don't know. I don't know if conscious is the right word, but I think we were both quite sensitive, yeah. um, aware of the world, and um, for for our our age. And I think that was one of the connections. And we had this kind of inexplicable connection when he played guitar and I sang. Um, there was no thought about it other than this. Just kind of feels good. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, I, I was kind of shy growing up, like really shy. And I like I remember the first time. We, so we're, we're, my family, I'm like from a, a kind of real working class, hardworking family. I never really wanted for anything, but we they never had loads of money or anything. But my own dad and my brother, we, we were solid. And we had a big family on my dad's side and every kind of boxing day we'd get together and everyone would get kind of drunk and pissed up. <laughs> and they'd go around the room and everyone had to kind of do some, 
like show off some skill, oh, like okay. sing or right. dance or a joke yeah, yeah. or something like that. And I used to hate it. Come down <laughs> to me, I'd just be like, just hold my mum and be like, no, I don't want to do it. I'm terrified. And um, I remember one year just being like, oh, fuck you. You know what I mean? And, I, and I'd been listening to loads of Michael Jackson. And I remember standing up at my Uncle David's and I was standing up. I took my jacket off and I just started dancing like hard. And that was the first time I felt like, whoa, <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> like a sense of performance. And then I kind of didn't do it again for a while and went through the usual, you know, football kind of thing. And I remember not being very good at that. And you always skinned me alive on football. <laughs> I'm just fast. I'm just fast. <laughs> Sorry, um, but I never connected there. I never, as much as I enjoyed the camaraderie, I've never felt like, I always felt like I was looking for something deeper. And then I got a guitar when I was 13. And then me, Adam and Stu would play at school. And I met Phil in another band that I think we did largely covers, but me and Phil started to think about writing our own stuff. Yeah. We played maybe two or three of our own songs. But I always used to look forward to going, because I hated school, but the thing that I was excited about going to school for was the fact that I got to jam at yeah, the time yeah. with, with Adam and, and Stu. And As a matter of fact, I have a clip uh, from Stu. He shared about going to Music Block with you, and here's what he had to say. I know you're playing a lot of bass, but every once in a while I see you you know, with drumsticks in your hand. What's up with that? Um, I, drums is it's always something I really enjoy playing, like going back to the Music Block days. There used to be a drum kit down there, and Rob used to annoy me so much because I used to literally... <laughs> run to the music block and think, oh, I'm going to have a black on the drums here. Run to the music block, sit down, just go boom, ka, boom, ka, and the door would swing open and Rob would come in with a massive smile on his face. Oh, can I have a go? Can I have a go? I have? I've been here for literally 10 <laughs> seconds. Just let me play a song and you can have it. <laughs> Any treats yeah. to that? Yeah, so like that, that I mean... You know, I was always a little bit of an idiot for, and I used to, I, I love winding people up. So like, once I knew that that got just you, like, perfect. <laughs> Every time I go in, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to go. <laughs> um, oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, they were good times. They were good times. Uh, I remember writing that for that opening riff there in that music block for Wars Get Smaller as well. Just being like, no, 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 no. Oh, really? Yeah. They're taking it to rehearsal one day. I mean, that's all I did in the whole song. The rest of it is just <laughs> the other guys. <laughs> all I do is the same thing the whole way through. <laughs> we did that. We did that literally on the same day that we did the dance. Do you know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was the same practice, wasn't it? There was um, the dance, that, and something else, man. Walls and, I don't know, it was something like some sun up, sun down or something like that. Some, uh, I can't remember. Or soul or something like oh, that. Or yeah, or blind. Some sort, yeah. some sort of riff. Blind, yeah. Yeah. But that's what, I mean, like Rob says on the lunchtime or even, because that's the other thing, me and Rob did GCSE music together, uh, as I said before. So that was kind of where we were first getting to know each other musically, if you know what I mean. And that's where that, for me anyway, do you know what I mean? Like I've never really worked, well, I've never worked with another singer, but at the ease of me going, yeah, I'm just going to play this, sing something over it. And Rob just singing something over it. And it just being like, well, is it really that easy? Do you know what I mean? That, that sounds me. <laughs> and like, like I've said, you know, we'd, we'd literally sit there messing about in that room and then teacher would come in after an hour and go, all right, what have you done? And we'd just call, <laughs> um, this, uh, right, off we go. <laughs> just look at each other and be like... So cocky. <laughs> so cocky. Uh, yeah, but I think, interestingly, that ended up being the basis of how the band worked as well. You know, because it always so improvised that those moments actually started to be... Oh, like, yeah, we can just jam it out. Yeah, you want an idea? Yeah, there you go. Like, we were that confident in those days. Wow. And there was no, 
you know, the, the, the kind of, you know, blissful ignorance of youth is that you've never failed. So anything's possible. And I think that there was a lot of that in the early years of what we did. But kind of, for me, one of the, the things that full, really it was a sense of explosion was that being on the periphery of things as a kid that just suddenly being a singer. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not supposed to be a, the lead singer of a band. I'm not supposed <laughs> to be I could sing, but I, I, I can't burden that way. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I like to be, I like to watch other people and go, look at the state of that guy. And, and I mean, that's what I do. So for, to be a singer, I never saw that coming, but it was so, it was such a, I hated, like, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I found life boring. Hmm. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to sit on street corners and drink cider. I, yeah. to, I, I felt like I was made for more. I had something, I felt like I had a purpose, you know, and I don't want to sound like, like I think I'm important or anything, but like that, that I felt like there was the, the, I wanted more for, for yeah. everybody. Do you know what I mean? Like that, I, I wanted a purpose. I didn't feel like I had a purpose. I felt like it, I wanted to get out of where I was. Mm. So you said that you're when you when you were younger, your family would do the show and tell thing, the different talents. Like you did, you never sang, and I'm and the reason I, I say that sing. is okay. So who first? Because you obviously are an amazing singer. So who first told you, hey, you can sing? Um, I can't really remember it to be honest. I think I remember I bought I bought a guitar and it started. I did like I learned like A minor and E major and mm. just wrote a song, just two chords. Hmm. I didn't get I, I would look at that. I didn't get baffled by technicalities. So I just two chords. But I remember it called picture. They were like I paid you a picture of what it was meant to be. Just like two chords. The sunny sky, the deep blue sea. Could it be a dream? Just like that. That was the first thing I did. Two chords over and over hmm. again. But I just really enjoyed it uh, and didn't care. It just, I didn't care, you know. Mm. But then, you know, you start to, I don't know, it felt like, the, and because I'd never felt like I'd been part of anything, the music, Adam and Stu in those early years and them, like Phil to me were like, he was like the cool guy when I was growing up. Phil, he like, his mates were cool. Do you know what I mean? When it was strange because you'd go hang out with Phil and his mates. Yeah. And he'd be like Woodstock or something. Do you know what I mean? Everyone, <laughs> everyone would be like, it was like the swinging 60s, you were mental. Like, yeah. The parties they used to have, and when like one of the parents would go away, and the parties they used to have were mad. I'd be like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then you start, you know, you get you you're in that period where you start to drink and you smoke and a little bit. Yeah. Like the discoveries, it's the self-discoveries in that period for me were, I mean, exponential. Do you know what mm. I mean? I've gone from being somebody who didn't want to be around anything to, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what is this? Um, uh, and I felt like I belonged somewhere. I felt like I, 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 I was part of something special. And we have always said it was a gang. Um, yeah, yeah. And we didn't care about what anyone thought. That was the, that was the most powerful thing at the beginning. No, we didn't give a shit. We were like, this is what we do. We love it. Yeah. So I was on the other side of the world in the States. And when I first heard the music, I, I remember talking to my buddy Mike about it, going like, there's something so different about this band. Like, you can just tell that it's it's so organic. Like, everything about it is so, like, authentic, you know? And it just seemed like there was such an electricity about the songs that you guys were making. Like, it was just so much different from everything else I had been listening to. So, like, there's definitely something there. And I do believe it's the chemistry between the four of you. Like, I've, mm. after talking talking to Phil and Stu and now you and, and Adam, I really do believe that, you know, there's a chemistry is huge. And I do feel like you guys probably saw that early and then started creating some amazing shit. Well, I don't know if we sort of saw it as such. Do you know what I mean? It were, it fell into our laps. And, and, you know, especially, you know, without wanting to get into it too much now, but the fact that us four grew up 
so close to each other and me, Rob and Stu, we're literally in the same school. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, we don't know that's special when we're playing and Rob, but you know, I knew it was special when Rob sang and I knew that from very early doors. Do you know what I mean? And I think a lot of people knew that, um, you know, even when you were just messing about in common room, Rob, do you know what I mean? And just singing and, uh, and just dancing, do you know what I mean? You just sort of created that sort of magnet. Well, just, uh, well, like your own party, as much as you say, like Phil and his mates, like Woodstock, which I totally agree they were, um, you know, you added a sense of that as well in a different way um, because you'll probably agree with me. I think Phil and his mates were a lot more, like you say, a lot more sort of like cooler out there and more, uh, what else should we say, street smart than me and you were. Do you know what I mean? Me and you were sort of stuck inside, stuck indoors, you know what I mean? With, you know, all that sort of stuff anyway. But so, yeah, you know, I certainly, I knew it was special when you sang. Um, and that's why, you know, you know, that's why it was so awesome sort of coming up with them early ideas and just, coming up with riffs and getting you to sing over him, do you know what I mean? And just the ease of that happening. Um, and then obviously that extending further to, you know, to making music, in, you know, properly. But although that is now obviously a privilege and something that's incredible to have had and, you know, still have whatever, it's not something we were aware of really, is it, no, Rob? I mean, that, you that know what I, mean? I remember, this is the only thing I do remember from writing things. I remember being <laughs> backstage, we just performed and we came off stage and we went into the changing area or whatever, one of dressing rooms, like a big area backstage. And I think it was someone from like Channel, some woman from Channel 4 was there. And she was like, oh my God, oh my God, are you excited? And I was just like, yeah. Right. And she was like, are you, like, how are you so calm? It's like, it was just so normal to us. Like, yeah. it, you know, we didn't really think about it. I don't, we didn't know we were good. Yeah. yeah. And sorry, I don't want to interrupt there, but it goes on as well. Like everything was so normal to us. And, if, you know, when we used to jam and you used to get into it, you used to go off your nut. Do you know what I mean? Just like dancing and getting into it. And that was just normal for us. And then you'd have like people come up to you and go, man, what is Rob on? Do you know what drugs is Rob taking? And you're like, <laughs> why? And they're like, well, because of what he's just been doing on stage. And like, he does that at half ten in the morning if we're in studio at that time and we play something cool on like a herbal tea. He's not on anything. What do you mean? And they look at you as if to say, well, how does someone get the natural enthusiasm to sort of behave like that or whatever? And we're just like, eh, it's just Harvey having a, having a bit of a party in corner, getting into it. And do you know what I mean? And that were another thing, like practicing live and writing. You know, if we came up with someone that were really good and groovy, you just couldn't help yourself and you'd be off dancing. We'd be like, all right, he likes this sound. Let's carry on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that was my favorite thing in, the, in those early, early days, because I did a lot of times, I, I I didn't sing. I was just I was just on one. You know what I mean? I was yeah. having a good time, um, yeah. and um, and I, I you know I I've heard the the the, the chats you did with, with Phil and Stu as well, and it had me thinking about those those early moments and that that nonverbal discussion we had uh, was just just magic and the way that you know we'd go around things and then say, say like Adam would get a riff, then I'd kind of try and keep somehow letting everybody know that I like stuff by every night. So if you, if you you know, disco, there's a bit where, where uh, I kind of go, uh, just before it goes into, and I go, well, where initially oh. I used to go, yeah, because that was the bit where I told everyone they were going to go, yeah, 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 like yeah. that, you know what I mean? So I, I'd kind of, I'd once they kind of had a, a, a groove, I'd try and then, somehow kind of do a verse and a, and a chorus and then I'd, I'd, or I'd sing for a while and go okay I'm going to try the chorus again and be like yeah and then they'd do they'd all go to what felt like the chorus but yeah, yeah. Um, but that was the only real 
conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, we just, I think it, we, I think you talked about it with, with Phil, where it, it was just like the best ideas seemed to win. Yeah, um, yeah, they would float to the top. Like you guys would all yeah. get like a you know a general consensus, but visual. You know, yeah, yeah he's he's vibing on that. All right, let's yeah, keep going. Let's keep going. Definitely, yeah. if, if everyone were enjoying it, and you know, and Rob were enjoying it, because at the end of the day, you know, it has to be somewhere. Obviously, Rob's singer, and he's got to come up with something over it. So if we're into something and Rob's not, you know, what I mean, it's a bit like, well, is it going to be an instrumental or what? Do you know what I mean? So it, we always knew when Rob was sort of really into something, um, which you know, that makes everyone else sort of. That sort of, I don't know, it spurs on everyone else, obviously. Do you know what I mean? And in, in the same way that it would cool as well, like to have Phil or Phil's mates sort of sat there while we were doing this stuff and you could see them getting off on it. And then you're like, wow, do you know what I mean? There's another control group there. Yeah. <laughs> but that's got to be a lot harder for the singer because like I can see you jamming and you're fiddling around with notes and the drummer yeah. is just playing yeah. different tempo. But like, yeah. what are you supposed to come up with lyrics on the spot or do you just, you know, I don't know how, mm. that must be a lot harder for the singer. Yeah. Well, I'd, maybe I don't know. Like, I, it's I were either so detached from it that I didn't even notice, or like the early gigs, I I, I was quite um, I'd annoy people. I'd be like, I'm gonna make you dance. You know what I mean? If there were like four people, they're all like, Ooh, fuck are these little idiots. I'd be like, <laughs> I, at the end of this, you're gonna be dancing. And you know, I'd walk away from the stage. I'd dance in the rooms. I, my my job was if I can look like the the biggest fool. Everybody else is like, I'm not as silly as him. You know, and then they start dancing. <laughs> if, I, if, I let my inhibi- if I let go of my inhibitions, yeah. it, it's licensed for everybody else. That was my, that was my kind of thing. Yeah. You know, obviously it was kind of a two, two-way thing, though, because obviously you have to write and you have to be good. Yeah. But as I started to get used to being a performer mm-hmm. uh, and not just in a room, then I, that, that, I used, that used to help me deal with nerves as well. Cause back, like before, Adam will tell you. Before I go on stage, I'd be like, <gasps> I'd be like, oh my god, what are we doing? Really? Before, like, yeah. But then she was like, people go to me, oh, how do you get like that presence? And I'm like, I'm just shitting myself. Yeah. Like, there's no Crazy. presence. I some honestly, I, you know, without trying to be too poetic or whatever, it feels like something takes over. Honestly, oh, yeah. without that. That ain't me. <laughs> that, I ain't doing that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Same with songwriting. I ain't doing that. Like it's, a, <laughs> it's a trust in a higher thing. Like, you know, and that's, for me, it was very, it was a religious experience. That's why I used to dance and close my eyes. And I, I used to watch those kind of Jim Morrison performances. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when he talked about shamans and all that, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to do that when I'm on stage. I'm going to dance around and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to like bring spirits back. Do you know what I mean? That was what I want to do. I, I, I wow. want to have a. I want it to be spiritual, you know. And I guess that's probably, you know, openly. I think I'm probably the most kind of openly spiritual person in the group. Yeah. And yeah. That's what it was for me. It was, it was a spiritual experience, and I wanted that to come through what we did. And that I think that when I sing is clear that I, I mean it. Not because yeah. I, not nothing specific, but this is coming from a place that is not necessarily me. Yeah. Yeah. For me, when I saw you guys in Florida a few years, you know, back in back in the early days, right after Welcome to the North came out, I just received swagger. I was like this. There's confidence. These guys are gelling and this guy's coming on on the stage. And yeah, he's he's got so much swagger. It's like having I don't know. It's like having a secret weapon. And like Rob says, I'm sure for each one of us, it was slightly different going on stage. But I'm sure, you know, we were all nervous. But as soon as you got on there and you realized it was going to work and all, you know, all gear were working and, you know, yeah. you, could, you could hear everything. 
once once that button clicked, that were like, oh, you're going to see some shit now. Do you know what I mean? That <laughs> point where you were just like, oh my yeah. God. And every worry you'd ever had just goes flying out the window and your adrenaline just gets proper mm-hmm. jacked up and you just go, like you say, that that's it. That's where you can't begin to describe it because the, the terror before and then the euphoria after you, you realise, oh no, this is going to be fine. I can hear everyone. We're on, you know. And like, I don't know if any one of us ever knew what we were doing. Any of us, do you know what I mean? You know, to even, I don't know, it's hard to explain really, but I always felt like I was just running on like adrenaline and nerves, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? And like right on the very, very edge of them for like live performances in terms of what, I mean, obviously, I, you know, you put, especially in the early days, like what you put into live performances were just insane. And that's part of what I considered, well, that's the majority of what I considered the secret weapon. It was like, not all, you know, not only are we going to make this noise, he's going to go fucking nuts, do you know what I mean? And <laughs> he's, he's just going to intoxicate you all. And that's what we used to do to people, I think, do you know what I mean? Um, well, oh, yeah, that. We, we glossed over one part that I think is was interesting. You said that you never wanted to be the front man. Why is that? Because I I hated being when, when eyes were on me. I hated it. Like I'm t- I, I'm you know I'm, I'm not I'm not a confident guy. I'm I'm insecure. I'm I ain't got I, I'm I've got no confidence at all. Do you know what I mean? And maybe that's inspiring. I don't know. But I'm I'm terrified. Like life life I life's difficult for me. Do you know what mm. I mean? I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like it's it's tough, but. It's, it's it's strange. It's kind of like you know. It's kind of like you know that symbol of the 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 serpent that eats itself. Like I don't want to go on stage, and as soon as you're on stage, you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it was like the answer and the uh, it was the the glory and the fear was all there. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's hard to explain, really. But and I think you touched on it with, with Phil a bit as well. There was definitely some anger. Like I, I was angry at the world as well. I was yeah. and even just simple shit, like not nothing like too deep, but you know like. I, I, I wanted that girl to look at me, but she ended it with that guy again. Ah. Do you know what I mean? Just stuff like that. Just simple stuff. Like I, I was angry. And at that age is, you know, you're just a massive soup of hormones, aren't you? you know, oh, yeah. There's all sorts going on. So teenage angst. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. And you think anything is possible. <laughs> well, we don't have to dive too deep down that road, but I can only imagine that, uh, the music fared pretty well in that category as you toured the world. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's just my my I, that, that's my take. I might be wrong. I mean, well, we, like, we, yeah. we, we were never like a we were I, you know I I think sometimes we can people might view us as like a rock and roll band. We were never we were never really like that. I don't think. Yeah, none of us are ladies yeah. men. Like, yeah, like, we're not, not like that. You know, we're not players. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I'm a musical geek. <laughs> yeah, it was it was nice to it was nice. It's all you know, be it men or women. It always always nice to feel like what you did mattered, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, but there was, I think it was a, there was a big, uh, un, again, unknowingly, a transition of, oh, we like we like doing this. Oh, you're really good. Oh, really? And then you start to be, you start to think about it. And for me, on my particular journey f- through the music, that's where I started to struggle. I started to be like, oh, I, I, I can't do that again. Really? You know what I mean? It's, well, it's, because there's no explanation for it. It's like, Oh, if you thought about why, like how your heart beats, it's like no. Mm. You should look into that. And you read about it, you're like, oh my god, <laughs> what if it stops? You know what I mean? And that's yeah. what it felt like. That's what mu- the music felt like for me. It was like, oh my god, we've done this amazing thing. Oh my god, all these people are coming to the show. Oh my god, I've got to do it again. And mm. and you almost have to, you almost become a an actor for me because mm. you you go from doing it whenever you feel like doing it because it's fun to then 
and you got to do three nights, and then you got a day off in a place you've never been before, with nobody that that you know. Then you got to do another three nights in a place you've never been. That's, I mean, it sounds amazing. And for the first probably three years, it was the best thing ever. Sure. Yeah. But I'm talking about that moment where it started to change for me was when I started to think about it, and um, I, I just, I freaked the fuck out. Mm. <laughs> I freaked out, and I, I that, I think. You know, we, I know I know we probably all kind of have regrets and there's probably moments where we're like, ah, oh, that's where it felt, I felt like it changed. But for me, that's where I felt the music changed when I could no longer keep that level. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a laser me. You know, when, when, when I'm on, yeah. you know it, you know it. And mm-hmm. when I'm not, it's not, it's nowhere to be seen. Uh, you, yeah. don't get a, you don't get a 76% performance out of me. It's well, 98 or nothing, do you know what I mean? It. You're like, there's no, there's no, it's like all balls to the wall or it, I just look like a weird little guy shuffling around. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, I'm sure we, but speaking from my own point of view, I could always tell, you know what I mean? Like when, well, obviously what sort of, you know, where you were coming from that particular day, do you know what I mean? Or how you were feeling about things or how you were feeling about your voice and stuff. But, you know, and that was always really difficult because like Pete says, and I don't care what you say or anyone else, do you know what I mean? Like Pete says, you know, in terms of a live performance, and you probably agree anyway, there is more pressure on you. Do you know what I mean? It's like us three, you know, providing we don't break limbs or all like that. Do you know what I mean? Like we can just play, we just play it, but everyone's there. Everyone's going to be looking at you, aren't they? Oh, and yeah. that's, that's something that used to burn me is like, you know, literally nothing I can do to sort of not literally nothing anyone can do to, to fake it, to, to help you fake it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but like you said, though, when you were on it, it's like, Jesus Christ, you know what I mean? Move out of the way. <laughs> mm, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I think, and I, you know, I, I, I talk about it as if it's me, but I'm just fueled by what they did. You know, I, I, like that, this band is nothing without every every member. This don't work agree. any other way. You know, like the amount of, you know, I remember you talking about um, Walls Get Smaller, that performance in Australia, <sighs> which is just crazy. And that moment you said where I turned around to Phil, that's it. because I know I have to look at Phil because at that point, because he just goes mental he does. <laughs> and, and I've got to try and keep up with him. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, Phil brought so much energy. Like, yeah. you know, Phil's mood would de- determine what kind of performance we'd have as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I got, I got so much, especially even rhythmically as in, in my vocal was a lot from the rhythm of what Phil was playing. Um, and you know, I know, I know Phil. Phil, I think listened to a lot more. I think Phil's a very underrated drummer. I completely agree. I mean, he's not like any other drummer, but he's probably the most creative drummer I have ever seen in my life. I would um, agree with that. And you know, and then you know, my relationship with Adam uh, in, in terms of writing and performing for me, it was in my mind. I'd almost try and wrap myself up in it. You know that's that's how I that's how I that's what I tried to do, and and Stu would just be, Stu's like the, the most reliable I'd say because he's the most consistent and and I'd, I'd say as well, um, mm. and I that they 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 made me sound good. <laughs> let's be honest. Let's be honest. I, I, you know I know I can sing a bit. Yeah. But they they made me sound good. What they do as three three as three musicians. Is literally like nothing comes from me. I like I've sung with loads of different musicians. Yeah. I never sing like that with anybody else. So I mean, what they give me, 
nobody else does. Well, that's Nothing. the thing. This is this is a team of of the best of the best, yeah. and you guys inspire each other. There's so many other bands. I, yeah, I, I, I always use the Foo Fighters. I know, but Dave Grohl is the Foo Fighters. Taylor's a good drummer. The rest of them, okay, whatever. But they don't like. They're not all on the yeah. same level, whereas the four of you are like the best of your trade. And you literally, I love the fact that everybody's talked about this in the different episodes, but you guys have really challenged each other to, to inspire each other to do better. To, to It was almost but, like competitive. Yeah, I think that as well, that like Rob says, what were interesting, well, you know, outside of it, you'd see Rob be sort of insecure and unsure. And the second he got into something we were doing, he'd just, he'd just lose it. And he turn into you know he turn into that sort of larger than life frontman. Do you know what I mean? That you know we're just an enormous presence, and then and then you'd stop playing again, and you know talking about footy or something like oh, I'd see game overnight. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just like go from this monstrous sort of explosion of emotion and creativity, because like you say, you weren't aware you could do that stuff, and you've never done it since. And you know we we used to bring that out of you in ways that would just joyous to watch. Do you know what I mean? And that's, that's all any of us three would ever try to do. I can guarantee you it. Do you know what I mean? We're like, what is going to make him go off like he does? Because as well, like, you know, there were never any worrying about melodies or like, Ooh, could this be better? Or does that need to go up or down? You get up, go nuts. And some had come out that were just like, well, it's not, you know, it is a great melody, but it's about so much more than that. Do you know what I mean? It's about so much more, um, that, like I said, that explosion of, of instant emotion and passion um, sort of expressed through your voice and the way your body moves and I've no idea how your knees can still pull off that move nowadays but <laughs> or in the first place how they could ever pull it off but yeah um, it, were all, it were always a drug to be quite frank it were a drug watching uh, watching you go off on something yeah it's got to be weird to see something like you know Turn Out the Light, for example, like great, great song. And it sounds so sophisticated and mature, like the the, the, the baby, baby, bye bye and all that. And just the whole song, the, the, it's just one of those. And then it just speeds up and it beca- it's like a masterpiece of a song. And then I can only imagine like after that, you guys are like, hey, you guys want to play Keepsy Epsies or, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> it's just such a such a strange contrast. Yeah. I mean, that that were weirdly that I think one of the things that always confused people about what we did is. I, I I I think I wrote that before I even really knew who Led Zeppelin was. Oh my god! You know I mean, and then people were like, oh, you should, you should listen to Led Zeppelin. I'm like, oh, oh. It's the same <laughs> with me and the riff. It's the same with me and yeah. the guitar riff. I ain't really yeah. heard it either. Yeah. And, and the um, the biggest one with James Addiction. One, oh, you sound like him from James Addiction. I'd be like, oh. <laughs> and then when you see him, you're like, oh god, these are amazing. And that you know, obviously, I I, I love Led Zeppelin and James Addiction sure. now. Um, but yeah, that turn out the light was an interesting one. I mean, from a from a lyrical point of view, it was literally just about. I've always found if you describe an action in yeah. a song, as opposed to the feeling, it allows the listener to, you know, put their own uh, kind of story into it. So, like, you turn out the light, tell you, tell me your story. It was, it was about, you know, about a girlfriend at the time because she was struggling, and I was like, just, just came out. <laughs> oh wow. So that brings me to, a, I did want to talk to you about the songwriting process uh, and a couple of things about that. So let's start with that. Like the first album seems to be like a lot of really good songs that are, and you can tell it's about somebody. Like, I feel like Getaway was about somebody. Is there any background to Getaway? Yeah. I mean, for, I'd always have to, I'd always have little kind of things going in my head, that, um, whether it were a phrase or um, a melody or something that just sat nice at the end of a melody or something. Um but getaway specifically, I remember, I remember the guys 
playing around. And I think Phil had a drum machine or she had a drum machine. I can't remember what it was. Um, and Adam, Adam started to do the... And um, I remember... I remember writing the lyrics to it. It's one of those songs where I think I wrote that one of the few songs where I wrote the lyrics outside of jamming. Hmm. I don't think, I think probably the only one from the album where I did that. And it was about my mate's dad who died. And I didn't know how to kind of, uh, I didn't know how to talk to him about it. So yeah. it, it was just like my attempt to figure out what he might be thinking. So hmm. like what, you know, you know, what's it like up there? Do you worry anymore? Like how he would maybe speak to his dad mm. you know if he could speak to him in heaven like that it's just that really yeah i thought it might be about a girl that passed and then it was like someone that you knew that's why i was like oh i wonder if he lost somebody that was really close to him but okay i mean they, they, we, we knew we knew them but like it was just because i you know when you when you're young and you blokes like talking's a weird thing in it especially around death like death when, yeah. when you're young is really odd and, and I, I think that's another thing me and adam um connected on we were kind of dark to be honest, I think we've all, me and Adam have always been pretty, you know, I think I, I, I certainly come across as quite like, lighthearted and fun, but <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I'm a dark motherfucker. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, I think, and I think you've got to be, I think you've got to be, you know, I, I can't, I don't know that quote. So like the, you can only get to heaven if your roots can get to hell or something like that. I can't remember it well, but that's, that, that quote's all stuck with me. And I think, it, I think it's kind of true. But yeah, getaway was that was about just an attempt to understand how someone was feeling. Oh, okay. I think we had, I think we had, especially you know, going back to our walks and stuff like that. You know, we had some really deep conversations. Uh, that, you know, it's not like we were talking bullshit like about you know inane stuff. You know, we were talking really deep conversations. Like, you know, I can't really think of anything specific right now, but it would just it would just go it would just you know, go towards what you were saying about us both being sort of quite dark. Well, you know, I don't think it's necessarily just us two either. Do you know what I mean? I think, that, you know, there's an element of that in Phil and Stu as well. But sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, because of our connection like that, we used to have some, I don't know, just some amazing conversations I used to find. Like, I think we challenged each other. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I knew about stuff, you knew about different stuff. And we just... We just used to have really engaging conversations that never really had to go anywhere. Do you know what I mean? And then, you know, we walk past your house, it'd be like, right, see, nice one, see you later. Do you know what I mean? And <laughs> next, next day you'd, you'd have another conversation that I'm sure if we could listen back to now, you know, there'd be some fascinating stuff in there. But like you say, anyway, we both sort of, I know what you mean about um, having that sort of darkness in you anyway. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, nowadays more than ever, I think you've got to be able to talk about stuff like that. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Like you say, coming from where we come from when we were younger, that's not really too much of a dumb thing. And, you know, the generations where our parents were uh, of, you know, not necessarily talking about your feelings was really accepted. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's what I think that's what people used to think about us. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like, I don't know how to really come up with a word for it, but I think people just used to think we were really sensitive and weird. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, accurate, accurate. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it is. It was. We were, we were sensitive and weird and didn't really operate on the same level that everyone else did. We could fake it. Do you know what I mean? And, and you... You, you especially, you could you could walk into you know any of those rooms with any of them people in, and you start your own party. Do you know what I mean? And get everyone on your side, which was something that I always struggled with, and that's why it were amazing having you as well, like going all over the world doing what we did. Because like not just, I mean, I'll use state being on stage as an example. Us lot can stand there and be anonymous <laughs> while 
Do you know what I mean? While yeah. you light the world on fire and we don't have the eyes on us. Do you know what I mean? And that, I got a sense of that from you, even like at school. Do you know what I mean? Even like sort of like being awkward going into situations. I'm just going in with you. Do you know what I mean? And you say <laughs> something. Like it just, I don't know. It just seemed to make I've never everything. felt, I've never felt confident though. I've been blacking out all my life, man. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know you have, but you know, people, people just used to vibe off it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like I've said to Phil the other day, you just have such magnetism. And I think, you know, while me and Phil, I had a slightly difficult, a slightly strained relationship originally, and, and there were other strained relationship, relationships as well. None of them really ever came to being a problem in the band because we were all sort of glued together by you. Do you know what I mean? And um, I don't know, in lots of different ways, really, in lots of different ways, but just primarily through like your mag, you know, magnetic personality, I'll refer to it as, because mm. certainly what I find you've got, um, and it's, you know, especially in them early days when you were really discovering your voice and, you know, getting into summer to the extent that you were, you know what I mean? Just, I don't know, just amazing stuff. No, I, I appreciate you saying that, but I mean, I, I, I've never been aware of that or thought about that. I, I, I guess, you know, over the, over the, the years since, since we stopped making music, I think I probably thought a bit more about maybe the effect I had, but at the time, like, I'm, I'm just so wrapped up in it. I had thinking, Ooh, maybe I'm like, you yeah. know, I just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm the center in the glue. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, just, I'm just another member of the band. I, mean, yeah. I think that's, that's, I, mean, I know what you mean, but I, I've always been, I've always been super curious, me. I've always been interested in uh, like pockets of the world, you know, what's going on over there? I'm going to get in the middle of that. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. I've always had a little bit of, I was always up to kind of some mischievous thing quite early on, uh, you know, or even if we were just in like a festival setting and, you know, some suited new hot band is over there. I'm like, right. Let's get some fucking peanuts at them. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, that was that. That was fun for me. Like they, like they think they're cool. You know, people yeah. who take themselves seriously are like, right, let's try, let's try and get them angry. Yeah, um, that was always that was always the game for me. So yeah. So you've got some enemies then? <laughs> nah, nah, it's all like hard. Yeah. A lot of people that. I uh, kind of I did piss off back then. I've, I've kind of made peace with. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a fascinating thing, though, in it, that in itself. When you think someone with no confidence is just going to go, "Oh, mate," and just like lob some peanuts in someone's face, <laughs> you just like you, you expect to see a modicum of confidence to be fueling that sort of behaviour, really. But I guess when you look at it, maybe you know it's like, well, if I do this, you know what I mean? It's like uh, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled. You know what I mean? Because no yeah. one really knows because they're getting a peanut in the face. <laughs> Well, I, I actually think as well, you know, on a slightly more serious and kind of unconscious level at the time, I think I was starting to believe my own hype as well. So mm. I started to, for a while, think, I, I, you know, I, we had a shit and I, I, I am that guy. So mm. when somebody else rolled, rolled into, into town, I'd be like, you're not better than us. Right. You know I mean? yep. You're not better than us. We're, we're, we're going we're to smash you. Um, I remember like doing, um, I remember doing a, um, MTV two fifth anniversary or something and and Brixton. Yeah, everyone was just absolutely all over the dance. Like, oh, the dance are amazing live, and I was like, you wait until like when they're done, we are gonna absolutely batter it. If you're listening back to that first song that we play, I think it's Come What May. Yes, it is. Oof, it's like one of the best performances we ever did. I was so ready to show everyone that mm, they yeah. are, but they're not a band. They are, the bangers, the bands do what they do. They, they're good at what they do. They are bad. They don't, they don't do what we do. I mean, that's how I felt at the time. Um, what a joke. So that, 
started to believe that hype, which I guess at the time was kind of, it feels kind of cool at the time, but it's not really, it, kind of, it gets out of control. It's not, it's not, he- it's not healthy. Well, I can see how, you, one, I, can, I can't imagine how you could avoid that. You know, being in that situation. Well, it, it happened to all of it. Sorry, Pete. Sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, we all had to touch of that, didn't we? Tim did his best to protect us from it, but after a bit, where everyone's telling you you the shit, you know, what I mean, you, you do you do start to believe it. But you know, there were like you say, you know, and me and you sometimes we just pull each other aside and go, "Have you heard them? You heard their stuff?" And we'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, we're better than them. We'll be better than them." And you're like, "Yeah, fucking will." Do you know what I mean? And then you'd be off doing something else. Do you know what I mean? But you'd have them little sort of little meetings little random five second meetings where you're just like they're shit aren't they yeah they're shit (laughs) (laughs) sorry Sorry, Pete what were you going to say I was going to say one it's unavoidable but two I could see how that could help you uh, especially if you feel like you're not that confident then that this begins to once you start to get that hey we are good you know and then that sort of helps you to become this person that you are on stage it's almost like you're doing a parody of something that's not who you are exactly you have to jump into that Rob guy that yeah, does the dance that's exactly moves. What it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that takes a lot of energy, a lot yeah. of energy, and it's exhausting because that's not who I am. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. So, when I'm as a- you grew, do you think that might have been maybe part of the conflict as you start to grow and become more confident in who Rob really is? Then that yeah. other guy seems further and further from reality. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I had a full-on kind of. I mean, I guess it would break down anyway. We were like a nervous, exhaustion breakdown thingy, like. 2005 where I I just didn't know who I was I didn't know I, I started panicking loads and I just felt like I was losing myself I don't I, I created this thing and I didn't know who it was anymore and mm. I didn't know I didn't know how to keep it up and to add to that I felt like because I, I and I definitely felt like I was struggling vocally and my health was I wasn't taking care of my health I was drinking too much and you know, I'd be like, right, I'm not going to talk all this. I can sing well tonight. Mm. And then like three songs in, I'd be thinking, right, fuck, how long have I got to wait before I can have a beer? Do you know what I mean? And then I'd get smashed at night, scream my head off and have a load of fun. And then next day I'd be like, oh no. And then I remember, I remember thinking, but it started to eat me a little bit because I'd be like, oh no, I'm letting people down here, but I don't want to accept it. I've still got to be that guy. I've still got to be that confident guy that everyone thinks I am. Yep. But inside I'm going, oh shit. I'm letting them down. And, you know, there'll be times where I'd be like, why the fuck are you singing that note? I'd be like, mm. I can't. Do you know what I mean? I can't. I don't, and, I, and, I, and I I don't want to let you down. And it's 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 hard. And not he won't say it in a kind of, in a bullish way. He would, he would, he would try to help. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, know, I, I, I knew how much you, I knew, I know how amazing your voice is and I wanted to show it off to people. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, like when, you know, when you sing at the right part of your range, it's, you know, it, it's fucking spiritual. Do you know what I mean? In the same way that it, with Bono, do you know what I mean? Like when he touches that certain range, it don't, it don't, you could be singing about fucking Teletubbies. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it, what comes across is it, just really powerful. And it would, that was desperation for me. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, man, do you know what I mean? What's going on? Like yeah. the song, the, the song ain't the same if you don't go for that note, man, because yeah. that is where the emotion is. Do you know what I mean? But th- that would I just. I mean, I liken, I liken it to, um, you know, uh, you know, your teammates not pulling their weight on the football pitch. Oh yeah, and like the mates, like, what are you doing? Like, come on, sort yourself out. It, it was like that, but I'd gone. So yeah, I'd gone. It was too late. I'd, mm. I'd gone. I, I couldn't. I couldn't keep up anymore. And I think, you know, I think we were all exhausted at that point. I think I'd just. I. I think I'd just. And I've always been super sensitive. They. They. They, they all know that. Adam, Phil, and Stuart, they know that. Um, 
but I think I was the breaking point and everyone else were like, <laughs> yeah, I'm fucked as well. <laughs> I think we were all absolutely exhausted at that point. And, you know, I obviously had a lot of time to think about this and I got therapy and all that kind of stuff. And it's something that, it's a lot of that still, I'm still trying to get over a lot, a lot of that, mm. you know, oh, those, yeah. first, those first few years of, of getting over it, you're just fighting. You're just fighting to get back in the game. Like that third album is, I'm trying to prove to myself I'm strong enough to get back in the game. You know, strength in numbers. Oh, yeah. You know, all those, if you look at the titles of those songs, Inconceivable, fire. like, fire. Yeah. I, they're all like, I, I can do this. Come yeah. on, come on. That's me trying to tell myself I can do it. Even though I was like, I don't know if I can. Mm. <laughs> and that's deep. that, but that's a fight again. Everything's a fight. Yeah. And, the, and then, and I, and I, I just run out of steam again. And it's only now I'm starting to, I have kind of um, resources and time and we have our relationships back, which is the most important thing that we can, I can start unpicking all that and go, okay, what happened there? And mm. you know, we, we were going through like this, that's such an important time in your life oh, yeah. between 16 and 25, so much yeah. growth, you know, that you should probably be doing with your mates or, girlfriends or put in pubs and but we didn't we were you know and again I'm not saying that it was difficult or not fun I'm, I don't want tears but like it's not normal <laughs> yeah to be doing that I, I I just remember getting to a point um it was a time you were struggling and we'd been in America for a long time and we'd gone back and you were struggling again and you know Tim always used to come out with us back in the day and uh, Tony did as well and got to the point like on that second album you know, where we weren't seeing as much of that. And I remember you, I remember being in that situation with you. And I think like literally after one of them conversations, I just got on phone to Tim and I was just like, look, you know, one of you has got to get out of here because like, I don't feel that I can hold like it together. Do you know what I mean? Like hold you together or, you know, any of it. I, it just got to the point where it was like, well, what the, what do we do then? And I had no clue. And, you know, I remember, like I say, I had to get on the phone to Tim and say, you're going to have to get out here. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, we're, we're, we're young lads here and we're, we're dying. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, God knows how many thousands, we're a long way away from home. We have been for a long time. We don't know who we are. You know, can't remember the last time we actually jammed properly because we had such a busy schedule because the first yeah. album was so successful, which, in, you know, I'm thankful of that. Don't get me wrong, but do you know what I mean? It, it, there's no doubt that it got to a point where it was just like, you know, what... I had no idea what to do anymore. Just mm. literally no idea what to do. And it felt so much like originally we had such a, a huge amount of people behind us. And then I don't know, for me, I kind of felt like I turned around and I was like, well, hang on, there's, there's kind of no one there anymore. Mm -hmm. um, do you know what I mean? Like it's when, when shit's going really well and then when shit gets bad, do you know what I mean? It's a different thing. I don't know. But like you say, like the, the sort of emotions and the things we went through um, and the levels of nervous exhaustion and the damage that did to our psyches and stuff was um, was a lot. And it's it's difficult for people to understand. And you never feel like saying anything like this to people because they're just like, well, what are you all about? You're in a band, you toured world, you lucky bastard. Do you know what I mean? It's, oh, well, don't be so... Do you know what I mean? God, I don't know. That's, it's just something that's... It's something that I find difficult to deal with, to be honest. And, you know, I've, you know, I've done a few podcasts. People have had me on the podcast and they're like, oh, yeah, this, that and other. And, do you know what I mean? I end up kind of pouring cold water on them, really, because yeah. it's like, yeah, look, man, do you know what I mean? Largely it's shit unless you're yeah. really having fun. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're not having fun, it's it bollocks. And that's the reason we did it. You know, like, the, one of the other things as well is 
I think we're, we're taught by, I guess, whatever's going on around us, you know, in society that if you get all the things that make you happy, that equals happiness. And it, it, it really doesn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, and that is a terrifying place to, to arrive. You go, hang on a sec, I'm playing shows in front of thousands of people. Could literally have any one of those girls in the front row. Yep. I've got beer, stacks of beer. I've got whatever I want when I come off stage. We get to tour all over the world. I, I remember saying to myself, why are you not happy? Mm. And that is a awful question to have to ask yourself when you think you have all the things that are supposed to make you happy. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when you realize that this is, it's a lot, that sense of contentment, that sense of happiness, it's a lot, it's a lot bigger than you think. And that's when I think things like rest and proper food, I know it's boring, but it's right. That's, they're the things that are going to maintain your health. But yeah. we weren't doing any of that. Having <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it every night. Yeah. Um, the most dangerous ones were the like support slots in America because you'd have like 45 minute show and then you just get mashed after. Wow. <laughs> they were amazing. They were, by the way, those were amazing times. Well, I remember you in that, that, <laughs> in, that incubus after party where you were like, yeah, you think you can drink Jack Daniels? I'll show you who can drink Jack Daniels. No, it, it, it was Southern Comfort. I remember oh, it. Like, yeah. So the cover, it was the first show we did really give us sound like, I'm going to show these yanks. I'm going to show them how to really party. <laughs> and we went to the, went to the after show bit. And they were, I think they were playing like dice or something like that. Some American game I didn't know how to play. So, so obviously I ended up drinking those because I kept losing because I didn't know how to play it. 15 minutes I were in there, they got carried out. <laughs> <laughs> you got carried out and then and then you crawled along the bus and spewed all over. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, I was just like, oh, let me help you, Rob. Come on. And I, and yeah, and, and I, for some reason as well, when I when I got really drunk, I thought I were like a double ad bastard. So, <laughs> so like it'd be just like random people walking past me, and I'd be like flaked out the floor, like sick on my face, going, "Come on, then, come on, then!" You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolute idiot! What an idiot! And I, 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 I am not a fighting man um, at all. But for some reason, after liquid so, courage. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. You know that time in that time in um at Fuji where you just. You came back and you just had a big cut on your face, and I was just like, I was like, "What? Who, who's it you?" And you were like, "Oh, don't worry about it, man. It's all right." And I was like, yeah. "No, come on, who's it you?" And you were like, "No, don't worry about it." And I'm sure I can't remember who was it. Was it you? Who just basically went, "Oh, don't, I deserved it. Don't worry about it." I don't, I, you know what? This is this, this is funny and kind of tragic. I remember um, my last memory of that night. I was I had no shirt on, no shoes on. I was in a mosh pit. With with Manny from the, from Roses and Primal Scream, and we were we were we were moshing to a Japanese band played Smells Like Teen Spirit. That's my <laughs> last memory. And then and then I I, I woke up outside of a lift in the hotel, and I, I kind of peeled myself off the floor. Oh. I just remember like a massive pool of blood on the floor, and I was like, Oh my god, what happened? <laughs> and then and, I, and then I had flashes of a struggle, but still to this day, I'm, I'm obviously just. Been chinned. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, shit happens in a mosh pit, doesn't it? I guess when you're dancing to Teen Spirit played by some Japanese band in a little they were, stage they were, on a field. They were dark. I think that was the beginning of the end for me. I remember coming, I think, yeah, because we, we had to, I got like it stitched up and then we went four hours to the airport, 14 hours back mm. on on a hangover and I, oh, I remember every time I closed my eyes we just seeing ants you know ants I was haunted by ants all the way home it was awful 
That's that was brutal. that was where panic attack started for me. It was the beginning of the end. I think eight months later, I checked in. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not a great thought to have brought into mind, but um, I don't know. There's lots of there's lots of times where because, like I said, you know what I mean, like when we were sort of like touring and stuff, we'd all, we'd end up going off and doing different things, especially at Fuji. That was the beauty of Fuji is like, you'd be there for three days and the, like, the, you know, you get up, up to all sorts and you'd only kind of see each other rarely and you're like, oh, what you've been doing or whatever. And then obviously you <laughs> one point with the big, with the big <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we're doing, probably doing Fuji a disservice there. Like that was probably just one terrible thing. The rest of the time, it was unbelievable. Oh. I mean, I, I, I don't, I've never felt like that anywhere. I've had the level of, I mean, we, there were a moment in England where people sort of knew who we were, but never really, we never really like super famous or anything. But you got, you got a Fuji and it's wild, yeah. absolutely yeah. wild. Like, and, and the love and the politeness. I, I, I remember we, we always used to try and get there a bit early because, because we loved it that much. Yeah. I remember one year there was a, we got there a Thursday. And the festival was open, but no bands were playing. They were just like bars and food and stuff. And I remember sat there and someone tapped me on the shoulder and were like, oh, there's some, some people behind you. And there was, there was some people like had formed an orderly queue with like CDs and vinyls, just like, just waiting for me. And I, it's like, that'd be in England. You know, people going, fuck it, come on, man. Fuck it, come on, man. You know, they don't want to scrap you or whatever. But in Japan, they're all like, they just pretend that they just wait. They just wait yeah, until wow. you see them. It's amazing. What an amazing place. Oh, yeah. I mean, like we, we were 18. Do you know what I mean? We'd gone over for the first time and we were 18, like playing these venues. And even then our first time in Japan, I think we were playing like 500s, weren't we? Them first little, yeah. I can't remember what venues they were. And, you know, 18 years old and there's just like armies of girls lined up outside and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? He's just like, oh my God, what's going on? And like you say, in the UK, you know, we had a bit of profile, but over there, we just, it was mad. And like, just like you say that the, the contrast in terms of their attitude and how polite they were, that they just form a lot an orderly queue. You know what I mean? And you know, there'd never be any need for security or all like that. Even at Fuji, like sometimes at Fuji there'd be a lot of people wanting to speak to you, wouldn't they? But you'd never yeah. once thought, hey up, do you know what I mean? Like, I need someone here. Whereas I don't know, like kind of lots of other places in the world, there'd be times where you'd be like, I don't quite, you know, yeah, feel safe or whatever. But there's always that anywhere else there's always that underlying fear of violence or something. Yeah. In Japan, I, I always felt completely safe. Do you remember when we did the? We got every time you got you got to Japan, they'd have a, a big bunch of flowers waiting for you. Um, I remember we just took the flowers out, and we were just handed them out to people one, <laughs> one time, and you hand them out really quickly, and they go because they'd be really confused that someone just handed them a flower. They go, oh, and then they'd notice it, it, you. They go, oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then you'd be gone because it's so busy the festival. You'd just be gone and be like, eh. So we'll just give me a flower. I'm sure it was that guy from that band. Yeah. <laughs> that was a massive trip for us, just realising how much people knew us over there and how much the song had been on the radio. Like Tim said, you know, when people when people were singing the words back and stuff, like, it was just nuts. Yeah, for those of you who haven't heard episode, uh, I forget what number it is, but it's the Bright Young Things with Tim. Uh, five. Five, yeah. So he, here's Tim explaining that experience when you guys first went on and uh, you were playing the people. So take a listen. This is history, lads. We're going to make history right now, right here. Go out. This is history. This is history. Rob had some terrible jean shorts on, <laughs> you know, just, and they walked on stage, played the first note of the dance, and the whole tent went insane. Oh, yeah. And we'd never heard, right, at that point, 
We weren't that big in the UK. We'd never heard anyone singing the words of a song back. Oh, God, yeah. And then it gets to the people. And we know that it's been on the radio, but we don't know how much it's been on the radio. Yeah. Mm. They play the, the opening riff, the da 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 and the place is fucking... Mm. <laughs> Mental. Insane. Yeah. Like, they've checked bodies flying everywhere. Mm. And when it, when it gets to the, the hey, man, you can hear the crowd, they're all singing every single word. It's like, whoa. And that oh, was yeah. the first time that had happened to me in my career too. <laughs> That's intense. Yeah, that was a super special moment. I, I, I listened to that podcast and uh, I mean, between, between the three of us, um, <laughs> uh, I definitely, uh, I definitely had, had a, there were a few teary moments when I listened to that one of Tim's because it's, he has such a good way of describing it in a visceral way, just Tim, and that that moment in Japan when, and I, I think you, you don't realise you're doing it either, but a song like The People, a lot of time you can't understand what I'm saying. So it's just, it just sounds like interesting noises. Yeah. But there's parts where, you know, the da 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 it's so easy for people who don't speak English to get into, but, you know, one by design. And the da 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 like, no, like you weren't thinking about that, but it's like, ah, I suppose that's easy for these guys to, to mm. get into because it's not really a lyric. <laughs> but, it's an interesting thing to think about is why we connected so much over there. But I think we just had that energy, didn't we? We had that sort of energy, that uniqueness, that dance beat that Phil brought to it, the rock yeah. element that, you know what I mean? And then, uh, like you say, your mantra style vocals and we that especially the people, it was just a perfect record to yeah. go off there. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And you could literally feel it, you know. I don't know, it was like it was like going into an area where the bloody bomb's gone off. Do you know what I mean? It's like, what, something's happened here? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Fuji, especially after that gig and... You know what I mean? Meeting all the record company people and stuff, and you know, you'd be like, "What's going on here?" Do you know what I mean? I, I, I want <laughs> it's so look. confusing. Yeah, yeah. It's this weird though because I think you said before we went out and Hundred Reasons played, and that, and I'm sure Hundred Reasons were like a similar size, or they were doing all right at the time in the UK as us. So I was, I was like, it's going to be like 200 people in this yeah. massive tent. It's going to, you know, and Tim said you're like, just go out and have a good time. And they weren't jean shorts, by the way. They were cut off Adidas trackies. <laughs> I, 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 you will never, ever see me in a pair of denim denim shorts. <laughs> just, like, just to clear that up to him. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> but on, on lyrics, seriously, I couldn't tell you 10 lyrics from T- Smells Like Teen Spirit, but it's a freaking amazing song. <laughs> I mean... It's, it's weird, really. It's, it's like, I never... We could be an hour say, I don't understand a word he's saying, but I know exactly what it means. It's one of them, isn't it? <laughs> Honestly, yeah, yeah. Rob, there's a lot of your lyrics. I don't know what you're saying. And it's not, it's just slightly, I don't know why, but I, it doesn't matter. Like, heck, you don't say a word on No Danger. And it's probably one of my favorite songs. The emotion that you give to No Danger, you don't need words. You know, like yeah, you communicate. Fair, that, that, that's the rest of the band speaking there, though. <laughs> that, I mean, that's that's where they, that's where they come to the fore. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're playing on that tune too, man. You know, like you said earlier, you started the riff where balls get smaller. Do you know what I mean? Everyone else wrapped around that. It doesn't matter the, the genius of the idea. It's still in there. Do you know what I mean? You, you're vital part of No Danger and you're instrumental. No, but listen, No Danger Musically is probably one of my favorite songs. But honestly, yeah. when it starts to get real is when your lyric starts to come in. Because it's it's like it, the song gets exciting at that point because you're like, oh, shit, something's about to happen. Is the lyrics on No Danger? No, no. Gotcha. when you just start to sing. Yeah, you just start uh, to... yeah there is there's, there's voice in it. Yeah, oh, and then shout. you start yelling at the end. And man, I 
I'm not oh, sure. Yeah. I get chills. I quite like that, actually. I quite <laughs> like all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, you should listen back to No, no Danger. It is fierce. And you, you do start loads of years and stuff like that. I think I remember trying to read some random poetry over that one. <laughs> listen, I tell Adam it's all. I, I randomly send, I'll have a couple of uh, couple of beers and I'll be listening to No Danger and I'll be shooting Adam text going, hey, by the way, thanks for No Danger. <laughs> oh, yeah, like literally about three times a week, I'll just get No Danger again. No, but that is a massive, I mean, there's a, that's a massive moment for, 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 I mean, in every song they do it, but the three of them in No Danger. I mean, Adam's guitar work and there's quite a lot of mandolin in that as well, isn't there? Is, that, is it No Danger where there's some mandolin in it? I mean, I can't remember now, mate. It, well, it sounds like a mandolin because I've got about three different um, pitch editions on it, so it's doing loads of different octaves and stuff. Hey, didn't we write that to a visual as well? You're thinking of There Goes the Light. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that's why I'm struggling. Yeah. <laughs> there Goes the yeah, Light. Yeah, 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 yeah. I completely forgot about that tune. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. Is mandolin oh, in that one, then? There is mandolin in that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All kinds of shit. Of. All kinds of shit goes on in there. Goes a lot, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. No dangers. The um, I'll have to listen to it again. Oh, yeah, honestly, that. listen to it again. <laughs> so it, it was one that I listened back to, and I was like, I have no memory of ever listening to this and realizing how good it was. Oh, you know what I mean? Right. It would just kind of like it would because we used to do that a lot. You know, we play somewhere and someone would walk in and the jaws would be on the floor and you'd almost be pissed off because afterwards they go what was that and we just go no do you know what i mean <laughs> just made it up what's up with you like, oh my yeah. god that one amazing it's like yeah. no right. danger <laughs> it, no danger is such a an, an insane song it's it, the quality is ridiculous and it's all four of you it's really even though there's no words like i said the the the, mm. the input of the vocal is equally as like quality on that song but yeah and then it's like so you have inconceivable odds and then silence and then no danger and then you guys fuck off and everyone's like wait what you're gonna end like that <laughs> yeah, i mean inconceivable odds you know i don't think i've ever told Adam this but that was probably one of my favorite moments on that record when we because we we did me and adam did a, a lot of that kind of starters of that and then we'd go to to film the and we'd finish them um because the dynamic had changed at the right in the right at that point but yeah. i remember sitting with adam and writing that one and just that was a really a really beautiful moment that uh like it's, it it felt as that was one that like a, like a lot of them were just like yeah whatever but that one felt special when we were doing it well i think we we like you were saying earlier you know the inconceivable odds the thing that we felt like we were fighting against that's what that record was you know what I mean? For both of us, it were like, right, we've sort of been dropped again by another record label. We're getting another deal here. This has got to be good. And like you say, um, Open Your Mind were an amazing moment for me, but obviously that, you know, you just purely did the melody and vocals on your own there and I did guitar, but with Inconceivable Odds, actually sitting down and writing it as a song and sort of, because, you know, that were a time when we were talking, me and you were talking about the lyrics and, you know, what they were going to say and stuff like that. And yeah, definitely. And I remember as well, um, you know, we recorded it, didn't we? And then when we went into the studio, to do it properly we tried about six or seven times and that flood eventually went fuck it you know what I mean the version that you did in yeah. your uh, home is absolute I couldn't even play it again I was playing it thinking how the hell did I play this I can't even play it <laughs> <laughs> I mean you know the version that's on that record is just a version me and you did in my bedroom innit wow. did you even redo did you even redo the vocals or did we leave the vocals I can't ask I can't remember <laughs> I think we tried I think I think um I think we did add some ambience and stuff, didn't we? Um, I think Phil the Stew did a bit of kind of percussive and 
accompaniment stuff. But I think the the the, the bulk of it is just yeah, the demo from that that yeah, day. It's quality. It's that is good stuff. It's one of my favorite songs, to be honest. That one. Um, oh, that was one of my questions for you. What was one of your favorite songs that you wrote? <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It's hard because they've all got different. They've all got different, you know, meanings really, and they all represent. For me, songs are about the time that they happen and what they represent. I mean, like, yeah. you know, I had to fight Tim to get Getaway on the first album. <laughs> I, I remember going outside, me and Tim having a full-on Barney outside and be like, no, man, this is, he's like, well, I don't know if it's the one. I'm like, I'm telling you, this has got to go on the record. Yeah. And, you know, and then it, that became the moment in the set, you know, everybody, everybody wants to, boom, that became the moment. And, you know, so that song for me is huge mm-hmm. because and I felt like we fought for that one to be on the record and it yeah. always felt so special live. Um, and it, oh, I remember like when that riff starts live and looking out and just seeing like people just diving all over the place, just absolute mayhem. Like that, that getaway is always amazing for that. Walls because of the, the, what it, it's been there from the beginning, the dance because it's the first thing. Yeah. Long road because it was the first thing that kind of really put us on the map where mm-hmm. I think – Long Road was the the song that people who I looked up to went, that's a good song. Yeah. So I, I remember Tim Burgess coming up to me when we were supporting them the first gig and they were like, I love you, I love your single, man. And like and being like, whoa, <laughs> really? Like, you know, when your when your heroes are saying that's a good song. Yeah. That was the first song I ever heard, and I was hooked. <laughs> I was like, that is a quality song. Yeah. Can't think of much else to my head. I love, I love um it's so low, is that what it's called? Is it yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Which, so but basically impossible to recreate that vocal. Uh, yeah. It's a one-off, I think, hopefully. <laughs> um, well, yes, yeah, a lot of people <laughs> A lot of people love that song. You know, I get a lot of people saying, oh, you know, solo, solo. But I always think, you know, you, you, you're never going to attempt that vocal. I heard mm-hmm. you, it's, it's, it's impossible, like you say. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, going back to what you were saying about fighting to get, get away on the record, that was always something that fascinated me, really, was... Like you're going to making a record and you know, you're really locked in with your management and that. And then when you're in there making the record, you get locked in with the producer and that. And like, you can almost develop like a siege mentality that almost begins to go against what the management and what the record label is saying. And like some producers, some producers more than others will play on that. Do you know what I mean? In the sense that, you know, he's got the managers here or he's got the managers here. So, you know, let's, you know, it, 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 it's fascinating the balance of power and how that sort of works. And that was an eye opening moment for me when we'd been in Jacobs making that record and, you know, just absolutely vibing on it and loving it. And we had this amazing atmosphere and, and then like you say, we'd be having a playback and Tim and Tony had come, what's what's Tony there that first when Tim, I can't remember it anyway, but when Tim came in and we played in that and he went into it, I remember you just storming out. Do you know what I mean? I remember just, I just remember sitting there thinking, what's going on? Do you know what I mean? Like how, how's he not bought into this on our level? Yeah. And I always, I always remember thinking, is it, is it cause he sort of been, you know, like in, when we did it, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean, and he's yeah. listening to it through different ears. I don't know, but it were, it were an eye. I mean, it's, you know, it's a separate subject this really, but it, I always found it interesting, the relationship between, you know, producer band and then management and record label. When you try to make a record anyway, you know, there's a lot of things yeah. that happen there. I, I think you, you, you raise a good point. I think for Tim, without going too into it, I think you know we we were his baby, so I think he felt really protective of us. Oh, yeah. um, and I, and I, I think he didn't want to feel like we were being stayed in a 
in a direction that wasn't true to us. So there was definitely some politics around that, you know, getting that first record of the line in some areas. But, you know, you know, I have to say both Tim and Tony, I know we don't talk about Tony as much, but Tony, what an incredible man, what an incredible manager. Yeah. Um, you know, his experience, his know-how, his, his what what Tony had was he was he, he always felt super solid. Tim, mm-hmm. Tim always felt like a bit like one of us. Yeah. Like he just like a, just a bit wild and like he yeah. was just on this mad ride. But Tony always felt super solid and I felt I always felt safe with Tony and I always felt like he had our best interests at heart. So I have to say both Tim and Tony, we, we are blessed. Yeah. You know, without, the amount yeah. of people I know that sign record deals or sign management deals and their careers become a mess. Like we mm. are so blessed to have those two people and others around us that made, you know, made they helped us make good decisions, you know. I remember Tim and Tony sitting down with us when we signed a record deal and they said, we won't tell you how to spend your money, but you should probably buy a house and you should probably get health insurance. And I did both those things and I used them both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the health insurance saved me a lot of money, man. Yeah. Uh, but I have to touch on how amazing they both are. Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, as much as, you know, those battles that whenever we had battles, they always came from a place of looking out for us, uh-huh. our best interests at heart, which, you know, we didn't always see. We didn't, you know, when we were doing these shows and Tim were like, oh, come on, you know, we, we need to rein the budget in here. We're not having this many lights and that, or whatever. We'd be like, oh, I'm kicking off. And then he'd be like, well, you'll thank me. You, you know, you'll thank yeah. me when things start to wind down. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. It's very and we, easy. We always needed an opponent as well. I did yeah. anyway. I always felt like I needed an opponent. Like I needed some kind of oppressor. Yeah. I remember like, what's it for? I remember what's it for? We've written about them. Yeah. I remember like, uh, there was some like, big thing and I was like oh, them fuckers they're just in it because they want their money and I, I remember I remember singing I hope you're happy with your money but oh, it's yeah. fire anyway and that that went about then so I was like they fucking I fucking care about us <laughs> I was wrong, wrong obviously Rob, yeah. do you remember we actually rang Tim's phone and left it as an answer phone message on his phone oh, oh my do god you remember so that rude. mate oh, mate mate we, the- we fucking did we wrote that in the studio uh, and we were so vibed up about it I went go on ring Tim we rang Tim and of course, <laughs> and of course Tim Tim never answers his fucking phone so we rang, rang Tim it went straight to voicemail so I'm like right sing it and we sang and we played and sang you know played and sang that on his answer phone and then he rang back going that's fucking ass you know what I mean yeah I, I obviously regret all that uh, because there'd, uh, there'd been nothing but come to us but you know I, whatever it was I always felt like I needed some kind of oppression to, 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 to kind of boost me. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, don't, I, I, Tim didn't take it that it were about him. Tim no. was just like, that's a cracking song, that nice one. He just thought we'd left him a song on his answer for a message, you know what I mean? Uh, he'll know now. <laughs> he'll know now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, you can't heard it here, Tim. <laughs> I can't believe we had him on and we didn't talk about the whole getaway thing. Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> but that's you something, well, you know, when we get him back on, I'd love to talk about that. Not in like a, you know, not in a how you were wrong way. Not at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. Literally, literally, I'm interested in that dynamic. And I imagine throughout history, every record that's ever been made, there's been battles behind the scenes between producers, band members, management, publicists, whoever you want. And that's the problem that Tim raised as well, is that the bigger you get, the more of these people there are to please. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And the more of these people there are that have opinions and do you know what I mean? That's a slightly separate topic, but with, with success comes more people with opinions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 
I just had this visual of Tim listening to that, listening to this episode, being like, "What? <laughs> That's what?" <laughs> yeah, I don't, know, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Listen, so it, it, he, it, it's fine. His feelings were so clear on that episode that, you know, he cared so much for you guys. He, he took care of you guys. He had the right intentions. He wanted to make sure because he knew how special you guys were. And I yeah. think it was just really evident in that in that um, that episode. He just really like it, it, it meant everything to him. You guys were so special to him more than just mm. the, the quality of your music. But I really feel yeah. like he uh, he really cared oh, yeah. for you guys. I think that was a special relationship. So I was glad I think, to hear that. I, I, I think it hurt, I think it hurt Tim as much as it hurt us when. 100%. When, um, you know, when, you know, the amount of people who come up to us and go, man, you guys should have been absolutely massive. You know what I mean? And we're like, oh, yeah. well, you should have bought more records then. <laughs> <laughs> or come to more gigs, you know, put your money where your mouth is. No, I remember when I first started talking to you, Adam, I was like, we should do a documentary on the music. And I felt like the title could be the best band you never heard because it was like this band that had this swell, you know, but it just never like, you know, I, I put you guys up there with, Foo Fighters, you know, anything that level, like U2, Zeppelin, the music, you know, that's in my, that's what I see. Like, I, I don't understand. That's why I was talking to Phil and Phil is so funny because he's so humble. And I don't know if you could see it, Rob, but I got a, like a, a picture behind me of a record, like it's an album. Mm-hmm. And, and on the album, it's really just a bunch of different other album names on the, on the, uh, on cool. the album. And uh, he was asking about it and I was like, oh yeah, it's got some bands like, uh, you know, Zeppelin and, and X, you know, this one and that one. I said, but unfortunately it doesn't have the music. And he was so funny because right away he was like, "What? Well, yeah, well, we wouldn't belong on there." <laughs> well, I have to say, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how comfortable I feel about you well, putting us in there with that much. <laughs> well, you know, you know, everybody has their own opinion. I will, will well, agree to disagree. <laughs> I mean, the point, point being, anyway, that ultimately um, it was a shock to a lot of people, anyway, that we didn't go on to be bigger or whatever. And Tim and Tony feel that you know as much as we ever felt it, you know, yeah. without doubt, um, they did. It did. It, it, you know, when when things didn't go how people thought they should, it, you, yeah. you know, everyone suffered. It wasn't like people disappeared off into the sunset and forgot about things. Every, everyone, you know, every, we all spilled the same blood in the same mud as they say. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and nobody, nobody nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, like this, this has all happened to us for the first time. So I think you can kid yourself sometimes that somebody somewhere should know what they're doing, but everyone's just doing their best. And, you know, it takes a few years to figure that out, but yeah, honestly, you know. this podcast for me has been really insightful in that because, like, I before I ever talked to Adam and you guys, I just knew you guys as the music and this band that was great, and then disappeared. And so, and so, I would have the same opinion as those people that would ask you those questions, like, "Hey, what you guys? Why aren't you still doing it?" And blah blah blah, yeah. because when you just hear this great band, you're just waiting for the fourth album, you know, like, and, and so you don't know everything, but it's been really cool. And it's, it's been cool to see the story and it makes perfect sense to me now. It's like, here are these four teenagers that grew up together, got way, you know, successful initially, and then went and got thrown into the road. And, and since you did have protection, that's good. I'm glad you had that little bit of protection, but still exhausting to be on the road, uh, to be all over the world, to be thrown in studios, uh, and then to miss out on that pivotal part of most people's lives. And then to just be, I could see how that could be exhausting. I could see how that could drain you. Uh, and then and then you end up not being a band anymore for a while. So that, that makes perfect sense to me. You know, like, I, I think it's great that you guys are all older now and you're learning about these things. And uh, hey, who knows? Who knows what happens in the future? Mm. That's my plug for a fourth album. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, you know, 
I I agree completely. It's it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's always yeah. I mean yeah. yeah. Right, okay, I really hope you've enjoyed um, this half of this podcast. We're going to split it into two halves and make it into two episodes because we've ended up going into a lot more detail than we thought we would. Um, So for now, yeah, thank you for listening and uh, I hope you listen to the next instalment as well. Thank you.